to the Impossible Podcast as we discuss Doctor Who, The Rebel Flesh. I'm Caleb Woodbridge. I'm Peter Bell. I'm Swim Bobson. And introducing Olivia Cottrell. now have a new podcaster on the block. Welcome, Olivia. Um, hello, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, it's good to have you. And uh, would you like to say what your thoughts on Doctor Who are generally at the moment and any other uh, things you're a fan of you'd like to mention? Um, well, I'm, I've been a big fan of Doctor Who since the start of the new series. I'm, I'm afraid I'm not really much of an old series fan, which makes me uh, scum in the eyes of many <laughs> Doctor Who fans. This is why we've sat her at the opposite end of the sofa just with him. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very sorry about that. I'll, I'll try and conceal my ignorance as much as possible. But um, I'm really enjoying the series so far. Series 5 was one of my favourite series of Doctor Who ever. It's, in fact, the only one I own on DVD and have been back to watch. Um, really big fan of Rory. Um, still waiting on that action figure. This might become a theme. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll try not to let it, but um, I have a lot of feelings about Rory. <laughs> okay. I like should have been in the episode. <laughs> no, not in that way. He's married. He <laughs> um, seems to have forgotten that. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Amy but, forgets it often enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a um, marriage. And uh, other things that I really enjoy, I'm, I'm a big gamer, I like to play um, uh, console games a lot, I'm a big fan of the uh, studio Bioware, I'm currently doing my fourth and fifth playthroughs of Dragon Age 2, and um, I am also very fond of comic books, I'm writing my dissertation about comic books and mythology, so I just had to read Amazon's Attack and I hated every second of it. Um, <laughs> And uh, apart from that, I'm just really a typical nerd. Well, you'll fit right in then. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, so, what what did everyone think of the Rebel Flash then? Uh, it's a tough one. I'm still undecided. I, I have the sneaking suspicion that I shouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I did, because I really did enjoy it. It uh, took a little while to get going. It had a lot of familiar tropes, uh, which I'll probably expand on as we get into the commentary um but no good it, it, it felt like a nice solid episode um the card tower was quite good that the uh, ganga made the card uh, tower the house of cards yes that, that, on the yeah, that, 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 that was, was the highlight of the entire episode um, unfortunately yes oh. the uh the the improving um cinematography had crashed abysmally in in this episode and generally it's unbelievably generic and rehashes so something's done so many times and done so be- much better elsewhere and also unlike the pirate episode I actually thought it was profound in some way which <laughs> makes me hate it a lot more um i thought that it was um fairly standard doctor who um 
you know, in the right kind of blend of cheesy and uh, slightly scary. Um, I thought that the the characters seemed a little off in this episode. They were kind of not quite behaving as you would expect them to behave, talking about Rory um, and the uh, woman Jennifer. Um, that, that was a little odd because he's never really been like that before. Um, the Doctor seemed a little off in the way that he wasn't really uh, concerned for um, Amy and Rory as, as much as he might have been, and putting his hand twice into the into the flesh was incredibly stupid, even for him. Oh, that goofball! Um, yeah, I I, I liked it. Uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, it is. It did feel very uh, traditional, uh, and uh, the whole. Uh, creations rising up against their creators type mm. thing. Uh, it's uh, a, it's a well-worn science fiction theme uh, back to uh, at the very least Frankenstein. Um, uh, in fact, you could take it much much further back. Uh, Bodeyev in Welsh mythology and all all sorts of things. But uh, yeah, uh, it. But I did I did quite enjoy it. I thought it's. Uh, doppelgangers as such haven't been done in Doctor Who, uh, specifically for quite a while at the idea of a, uh, exact copy with the same memories. They've not, well, I guess you sort of had the Martha clone in the Santaran stratagem, but. The less said about that, the better. Yeah. Probably. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it did seem, uh, I, it looked, um, it looked quite nice, just the castle settings just uh, gave it visually that bit more interest than if it had just been generic sci-fi corridors. Mm-hmm. It gave it uh, atmosphere, it was quite quite creepy. Uh, and yeah, so it, it, I'll, I'll be interested to see whether they can really push it on next episode. Um, but uh, a decent enough start. Uh, I'm hoping that they'll develop it and uh, it'll really take off in the second part. So let's get stuck into the episode. Uh, If you're listening along at home, press play now. In a land of myth and a time of magic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the destiny of some clones. (laughs) It is a a beautiful opening shot. and as Caleb just said, I, I do think that this sort of pseudo medieval setting works very well, especially with these acid suits that look an awful lot like some sort of futuristic armour. They look quite a lot like the Jafar in uh, Stargate, yeah. especially yeah. with those spiky things. Mm. They do seem to recall these sort of old rubber suited monsters from Doctor Who. They do. But just to, you know, to address the elephant in the room, why, in the 22nd century, is there an island in the middle of an ocean from which people are trying to mine highly corrosive acid for the good of society? For science. It's, mm. I, I spent most of the episode thinking, why are they mining this stuff? Well, I actually even forgot that they're actually mining it. I, I, I don't I, mind overly much, because it is all a conceit. Yeah, for the for the story, but yeah. uh, some sort of explanation might be handy. And she's remarkably stupid. 
yeah, this did seem a really odd beginning. I think there is a general, uh, there isn't much in the way of w- world building of um, uh, of giving a sense of the wider world of how it fits into mm. a particular time and place. And I think if we had some idea of uh, what that it was used for, why it's so important, that that could could have helped just give more of a sense of scale. Yeah. It does feel very self-contained, and, it, and that is a classic Doctor Who thing of the base under siege. I'm looking at these readings, Did you think this uh, pre-titles sequence worked well? I thought it established, you know, the plot and the themes pretty well. Hello, Marshall Lancaster. Hey, it's good to see him still in work. Yes, after Ashes to Ashes. And And the man who's not quite John Sim on the left there. Yeah. (laughs) Scottish John Sim. And Sarah Smart, is it? Uh, who was in Woof in the early 90s. Was he? Oh, Oh, good grief. She she was. Ah, that's a blast in the past. (laughs) Woof. Was that the ITV yeah, yeah. show? The boy turns into a dog. Yeah, I remember that vaguely. Mm. Ooh, that's quite. Yeah. It was a surprisingly dark opening. Mm. Yeah. The face melting away. And they did was, that, was anyone else thinking Terminator 2 Judgment Day? <laughs> <laughs> I did like the, the effect of the hand melting. I thought mm. that was pretty good. The fact that it's not commented on, it's all quite yeah. presented quite matter-of-factly, that, uh, that added to it, I thought. <laughs> Olivia giving a little uh, silent yay in the corner as Arthur Darville's name <laughs> comes up. That doesn't really work on audio. No. I'm sorry. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but Arthur Darville didn't get a credit in the first two episodes, did he? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, he, he, has, I, he, yeah. he has in the Christmas episode. Christmas he, did, oh, okay. he, he didn't get a credit last series. So, bit of uh, Muse in the TARDIS and darts. Yeah, mm. darts. Uh, we were speaking a little bit last week in our Doctor's Wife commentary um, about how Russell T. Davis was adamant that he didn't want to domesticate the TARDIS at all. And here we have him listening to rock music and playing darts. <laughs> whilst the Doctor examines Amy's spine. Cold spine, hot spine, cold spine, hot spine. But Schrodinger's pregnancy still going on. Yeah. She's still not pregnant. She's just got a glowing spine. It's a bit dodgy that he keeps scanning her without her consent. <laughs> yeah, he, he just seems to um, bring it up and stare at it and yeah. stare over at her uh, uh, every so often. It's like Maybe she's going to get a job with the American um, airline security people. Going the scanners. <laughs> hey! It's, it's become like compulsively checking your emails. <laughs> It's interesting the Doctor wants to drop them off so he can Do go. Stuff. Stare at Amy's scan some more. <laughs> yeah. This is a very nice yeah. effect in the opening. See, it was again quite reminiscent of the TARDIS flying through the rift in The Doctor's Wife last week. Mm. I, 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 I was thinking of the chase when it, the TARDIS spins and you have cocktail music oh, in the background. Yes. <laughs> Not quite in the same lean there, is it? Uh, yeah, Dudley Simpson. So that was cool. <laughs> I did enjoy this bit. He's obviously given the safety talk to Amy and not bothered with Rory. <laughs> uh, but you were just saying with domesticating the TARDIS, I do like the TARDIS being used a little, mo- a lot more than just it's the box we move around in. Yes, yes. because it is a 
an interesting device. Mm. I mean, Russell, things with. Russell T. Davis's argument that it's just a means of transport and a way of getting your characters to the story and to these fantastic yeah. worlds is fine if it weren't for the fact that the TARDIS is supposed to be a world in its own right. Yeah. And it's a home. And yes, indeed, it is a home, not just a, a means mm. of transport. And sentient. Mm. Absolutely. Indeed, yeah. As, uh, as we all found out beyond the doubt. But this, this is the first point of the week in which I disagree with Swithin, and uh, I have to say, I do think this was all beautifully shot. Uh, the cinematography and the setting, the lighting in particular, whatever sort of filter they're using on the camera, it does look lovely. I, I think I might have slightly overreacted in my memory. I, I think there was some scene later on which they tried to make look really good. And it just fails really badly. So ah, it might have then, then might imprinted upon my memory. And it is looking a bit better on uh, this TV than it did on mine. So that might be yeah. uh, one issue. It just seemed a bit too kind of like the. Watching in HD by the ones as a by player. Yeah, see, the, the honey coloured sky is uh, it's just lovely. I thought it was a bit too. I'd turn it up a little bit too much for that, but that's. Mm. Yes. I think this is Cathilly Castle. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's a mixture of several, but I think this, but I think this, this particular bit, yes, I think it's It's quite um, entertaining to see Cofilly Castle in the snow on Doctor Who Confidential, because I was up at Cofilly Castle at Christmas time um, and saw it in the snow. So after they'd filmed it, it, uh, it was um, uh, funny at the time, just because you had all the ducks on the moat, and the moat was frozen, and so the ducks were sliding around, sort of going, whoa, what's going on here? So, what are you going to say, the ducks were stuck? <laughs> that would have been funny as well. Uh, Considering that there is a solar tsunami, and you've got this wonderful golden sky, their breath is steaming quite a lot as they speak. Mm. It's one of these classic um, discovering the intruder scenes. Mm. How do they deal with the effects of being in that thing for however many hours it is a day that they are? You, you think there'd be some kind of health effect from just lying down all day? I assume it puts them into some sort of suspended animation or stasis. Yeah. The return of the psychic paper. Now, we haven't seen that for a little while, has no. we? No. But what has returned, as I think about this just as it's coming down, is why is this in the near future? Are all bases run by really annoying women? Like, we've had it with the site. Well, Silurians was near future. And then there's, um. The Impossible Planet Woman wasn't too. Well, she wasn't that bad. Well, that, that had a male captain. Was it, was it a male captain? Yeah. I seem to remember the woman from it. Oh, I'm misremembering. There, there, there was a female sort of chief scientist, but the, oh, okay, the, the actual enough. captain was a male. This is. Annoyed me. This is. Sorry. This is quite reminiscent of Cold Blood in some ways. You've got. Uh, a group that the humans are unwilling to accept and the whole being polarised into uh, its sort of relationship between them uh, breaking down uh, type thing. Oh, cold blood. Yeah. But this is better, <laughs> I think. Yes. It, has, it has less gender weirdness than cold blood did with all the female Silurians being aggressive. <laughs> And here's the milk, or is it Semolina? We don't know. And the, yeah, the doctor's inevitably going to stick his big clumsy hand into the uh, 
alien goo stuff. But he does seem to do it knowingly, because yeah. he already clearly knows what the flesh is and what it's going to develop into. Yes, it's interesting, because he makes these references to knowing about yeah. what's going on and stuff. Or, or is it, as I thought it might do, or are the humans actually all flesh anyway, and they've forgotten? That could be, that could be a twist of the next episode. Mm. We're actually all flesh, but we haven't realised it. That's a thought with a lot of possibility. Be quite lame, but I can see him doing it. Initially, I thought that was uh, Jennifer's deal that she was, she had, uh, that her human counterpart had died mm. and that she was masquerading. Yeah, so I thought that. Yes. It could be like Moon, and there, there are multiple generations of flesh who've had their, their memories of the previous generations wiped. Now you bring that up, while I was watching this, I was thinking, why am I not watching Moon? <laughs> Which is far superior, and if you want to watch things about memory, watch that. Moon is a fantastic And movie. it's 90 minutes as well, so you can either watch two episodes of this or watch it. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Jennifer, what do you mean you're going out? This did also have uh, echoes of the revamped Battlestar Galactica. Yes. In what way? Well, just, just in terms of the multiple copies of uh, the same personality or the same person. Oh, okay. but yeah. They're still being distinct individuals, and of course, rising from a big tub of goo. <laughs> I mean, I, I think from from this point, uh, it was fairly um, predictable that what happens in the cliffhanger, where we have mm. the duplicates mm, yeah. of so that that was going to. That was on the cards, so to speak. But, but in, in their defence, I don't think they actually tried to hide that no. particularly. We were really just waiting for the revelation. We're, the um, the snow globe is a new development. We, I assume that there's going to be some explanation of what that's for in the snow, next episode. The snow globe is the new 3D glasses. Yes. Yeah. She's a terrible manager. Yeah. As well as a terrible person, she's just a terrible manager. <laughs> Annoying. She is a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> Very true. A government expert has come and told us that we're all in danger and have to temporarily suspend the operation. But uh, I'll just ignore him. Can, can you imagine what health and safety would mm. do with this episode? With this setup? It's. The path of flesh. I did like the um, designs of the uh, uniforms here. Um, I thought that they looked appropriately near future and industrial at the same time mm-hmm. without looking like, you know, nobody ever gets dirty. Yes. Yeah. This, this near future industrial is a motif that the new series has been visiting fairly often since what, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit is revisited in 42. Uh, and again in the waters of Mars. Uh, I probably missed a couple of others. Well, I, but I, th- I think it's used more inventively here because it's deliberately set against this medieval backdrop. Well, there's an echo of uh, the beast below in that, and ah, yeah. uh, particularly the Tower of London, yeah. uh, at which the combination of um, past and future. Well, I can see why you keep it at the church. Miracle of life. I need to get the concept. Yeah. It's just gone. Guys, I need to get to work. Okay, everybody. <laughs>
There's a lot of guns in this episode. There is. Yeah, uh, it would, uh, with children's TV would be, be happy yes. with all the guns. <laughs> if someone doesn't get covered in this goo. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that that's a model of this monastery within that little snow globe? I could well be. As well, with all the guns, you need Dave Benson Phillips to appear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How on earth do we explain Dave Benson Phillips to our international listeners? Um, Google him. But there was a thread on that on Gallifrey Base which was advocating Dave Benson Phillips for the Doctor before oh. Matt Smith. Passed. Oh no. <laughs> I think he, I think he was somewhat uh, tongue in cheek, but I did enjoy it. Um, now, some people on. Uh, Gallifrey Brace interpreted the whole uh, miracle of life, um, life being sacred thing as a um, uh, anti-abortion message, which uh, do you think there's anything in that or are they just re- uh, massively misreading Good old it? Doctor Who fans. <laughs> Taking two and two and making them equal 37. Um, there were complaints last week uh, again in the doctor's wife when he said god knows what that will do to me and there were compla- <laughs> complaints that they, they were making the doctor religious if you were really religious i don't think he'd have said it in the first place <laughs> but uh yeah well, maybe, 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 maybe any mention of god in doctor who's bound to set a certain proportion of fans complaining but even the word sacred apparently has uh religious connotations well yeah well that's it's far more far more understandable I think than this looks very another Doctor Who staple is crawling up a tower to detach something in the middle of a thunderstorm or thunderstorm in this case I think it was this bit that annoyed me it was trying to look quite good but it seems to be a bit overblown with its CGI sky it just I think that annoyed me quite a bit I was generally in the best mood at this point anyway but um, we had had our oh, great sinking. Uh, sinking is this the third episode in a row in which the Doctor's lost access to the TARDIS? It is actually. Long may it continue. But it's also it's also the third episode in a row. Well, not quite. Uh, that was creepy. This that, is, that intercutting between the, the human flesh and the semi-form flesh was fantastic. I think there was a lot of great use of the uh, of the ganger face. Sort of just flicker, flickering it. Mm. I thought that was mm. very good. The, the makeup is uh, very good. Just yes, yeah. Uh, very creepy. It's the whole um, uncanny veil thing, thing of something that's almost but not quite human. It that does have that kind of strange quality to it. I've been thinking if they did decide to bring back the Mondas style Cybermen, that would be a fantastic way to approach it instead of having mm. the cloth face have a slightly translucent skin that flattens out the nose and the features like that mm. and then bolt the uh, cybernetic parts onto the outside. Yeah, you could copy good. Harvey Dent style of Dark Knight could be quite cool as well. Right. Sort of decomposing corpse on the one side and yeah. human on the other. With a bit of bionic bits added on. 
resembling like cybernetic zombies, basically. Yeah, that could work as well. Definitely. What are you saying about Olivia? Oh, I didn't think the acting in that was particularly good. <laughs> Which bit, sorry? Uh, Doctor, I abandoned my team. No, <laughs> this, I lose. I, I'm not sure of the actress's name in this case, but the, the leader of the team, I think she overdoes it when she's being mean and nasty. And yeah, she doesn't seem to be acting in quite the same episode as most of the rest of the cast. <laughs> She does improve later on. Yeah. I agree that she... She settles into it. Yeah. It's Rory being nurse. It's, it's nice yeah. to see Rory taking the initiative for a change, as opposed to just being directed by either the Doctor or Amy or waiting mm. for yeah. something to happen. He will actually go out and... Amy <laughs> 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 looking yeah. unimpressed. How do oh, you Amy. like it, love? <laughs> You're not the only one who can flirt with every random stranger who comes along. He's not really flirting, though, is he? No, no, not yet. No. Ooh, creepy music playing. At least it's not all along the watchtower. <laughs> It kind of, um, sorry, uh, the, the, the use of the music to indicate that there are people there kind of reminded mm. me of um, the game Bioshock where you're wandering around this deserted sort of utopia that's being, that's descended into madness and there's people running around doing their own thing but mm. they're going to attack you if you're there and you, you hear music before playing in rooms before you enter the rooms and it's fantastically creepy because it's all period appropriate for about 19, 1950, 1930. So it's That's all... the one set on the undersea base yeah. with the little girl and the gigantic yeah. pressure suit. Mm, excellent. They're supposed to be making a film of that, aren't they? Oh, I hope not. Really? <laughs> uh, well, it's a much better experience as a game. These things usually are. It's much scarier. Most games are cinematic enough these days that it does seem to be a backward step to turn them into movies anyway. I, I definitely agree there. I, I did say I, it'll come up later, but um, the Scottish guy, I can't remember his name, but the way that they used his necklace to identify which of him was the human, which was the ganger, I thought was uh, a nice touch. Mm. I haven't spotted that the first time. No, right, I'll no, keep hiding yeah. that. Swithin's favourite bit, the House of Cards. Yay! <laughs> House of Cards. Yes. I like those. It's all downhill from here, Swithin. Again, reading completely the wrong things into it, um, the humans claim that they've stolen their bodies, when in fact they've merely copied it. Is this a comment on the intellectual property laws? Mm. <laughs> Piracy. <laughs> it links into the last week's episode. No, that, 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 that would have been fun for the pirate episodes <laughs> if they'd had pirate clones, pirate copies. Yes. Oh dear. Pirate copies. Oh no, that would have made it better. It really would. Nothing quite so inventive. <laughs> I think it would have taken a lot to redeem the pirate episode. <laughs> so would the siren have been like DRM? <laughs> They're building up these new, the newly independent gangers very well here. They're yeah. uh, foreshadowing them without actually revealing anything yet. Mm. But they are building them up as people, as characters. What, 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 um. How, how successful do you feel it is in sort of setting up the moral thing? Yeah. Uh, considering, I, I do think Swithin's quite right uh, in that this is... Ooh, nasty. Uh, 
somebody had done something similar to that at the bus stop outside our house. <laughs> on my way here. I did think just the flickering there wasn't as effective. It did seem a bit just the cutting mm. of the face wasn't didn't quite work in this context. I think they held it a little too long. Everything okay in there, Jen? This scene here was just what well, was silly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was still creepy. She is effectively <laughs> creepy. It was, again, I, see, I'm thinking this is stolen <laughs> directly from Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> but I might be alone in thinking that. I've not seen the adventure. It reminded me of um, there's Japanese mythological creatures who have heads and necks yes. like that. Yes, that's very true. It is completely pointless. There's no reason for it to have a big bendy neck. But uh, I know, it was, it was just effectively unsettling. It's, it's probably setting setting up in part two though, um, the flesh will turn into bit, some big uh, wibbly wobbly tentacly CGI thing. Yes, either that or they'll need to reach down an impossibly narrow space to press the button to save everybody. <laughs> and they'll be able to stretch and do mm. Talk about tentacly things, it's completely wrong, but could it be the nesting consciousness? Oh no, I've heard that. Posited online. I would assume not. Speaking... Sorry. I say, speaking of the nesting consciousness, why do they have some things to say to Rory? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't... The the whole thing that annoyed me about this episode, like, I I quite liked it, and I, you know, I enjoyed it, not as much as last week's episode, but more than the Pirates one, but this whole thing about um, your personality makes you who you are and your memories make you who you are and sort of a copy becoming a person is something that Rory has so much experience with considering what he went through in the Big Bang the Pandorica opens. Mm. He should have said something to Jennifer. Mm. Yes, that's that's definitely true. I I do think, I do hope they uh, get onto that as part of his motivation in... (laughs) Because it does make a lot of sense. I was expecting to do a Father Jack then, just hit the window. Yes. <laughs> and jump and hit him to fall off it. Doctor forgetting about Rory. <laughs> Poor Rory. Of course, always with the Rory. She's married to him. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I think... Um, it does. It does quite nicely set up the problem of what what happens if you've got these copies that have the same memories. The scenes mm. we'll get to later, and they both want to go back to their families. Yeah. It's a real uh, mess of the doxicals. It. And I think it is nice to have a um, a big science fiction concept being put front and center. Mm. Uh, and being explored in, in terms of its impact on the characters. I just think I just dis- despise most of the characters anyway. I frankly didn't care. Mm, I do think that the characters aren't as well fleshed out. Hey. Sorry, <laughs> had to get that in somewhere uh, as as they could could have been. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully they'll be able to build on that next week. Yeah. Um, but just going back to what I was saying about Swidden's comment about this all seeing very familiar mm. and having done elsewhere, the whole underclass uh, rising up to, to throw off the, the shackles of their human masters, 
has been done you know, countless times mm. in classic who and most recently of course with the Ood. Yeah. But, but it is dealt with far more effectively here, I think, and in greater depth, simply because they are effectively the same people. Um, mm. the, yes. the, the ruled are the same people as the rulers. Uh, so we get a much greater insight into their personality, into their desires, and we can understand what they want and why they want it far yes. more readily. Um, whereas if you compare this with Planet of Ude, which was just a case of, well, slavery is bad, isn't it, kids? Yes, it is. Good. On with the adventure. Um, th- this is it, it, this is just adds, adds so many more layers to the whole conversation. I think my main issue was it was it was kind of like uh, what is it to be human hmm. episode is the why I read it and I just thought they're just nick things from like Blade Runner Moon. Oh yes, and, uh, but but doing it a lot more superficially and. It, it just felt quite a. It felt like quite a shallow uh, investigation, with the trappings of something a lot more profound than it actually was. Well, hmm. I, I think yeah, obviously it's Saturday tea time, so uh, family adventures. It's not going to go into the same depth as other things that have no. um, done it. And I think you have to bear in mind that. Um, for a lot of kids, it may well be the first uh, their first encounter with the concept, and then they'll go on to um, see these other films, to watch Moon, to read Frankenstein, all these things. And um, yeah, uh, it's um, have to be judge it on its uh, own own terms within mm-hmm. the parameters of what Doctor mm-hmm. Who is. I think I think I would have liked preferred if it had. A smaller um, kind of crew, for example, say we have ran by like a couple of people, rather than I thought there's there's too many of, of of them there to actually give you much impact. And all I thought about this moment was, my, she's got a good memory if you can remember all this about her childhood. You see, at this point, Rory should have mentioned being an Auton. Mm. He he really should have, and one of the things that I I have liked about the series so far is that they seem to have remembered the things that happened to them in other episodes and have called back to it. Um, <laughs> Though to be fair, think how much longer the scene would have to be. Uh, cheer up, love! I, I was a plastic auto on the copy of myself, and then the universe exploded, and I was remembered uh, back. It's like what? <laughs> think it would have confused her rather than comforted her. Well, did we really need that scene of the? Um, the flesh woman screaming and running away, though. And no, no. It, it, it is milking the old oh, memories of fickle kittens and uh, happy things when I was little uh, type thing. And you also have another fairly lengthy one with the other chap. It does. Yeah, yeah his, uh, his was more effective. Yeah, than this, I, I, th- I think you could have perhaps cut one of them down, perhaps this one down, since you're hitting up beat in a fairly similar way. You've got bad memories of the she has then, haven't you? She remembered everything in her entire life. I just get irritated at that moment. I think she's speaking figuratively. Yeah, I, 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 I get that, but I, I just thought we got the general idea all the time and it just just somewhat dragging its feet throughout, like through broken glass. Well, it, it's 
more steadily paced, I think, than a lot of the previous episodes. But, mm. uh, this it, it, it's it's closer than this harps on something that uh, Caleb raised just before we started. It does seem far closer in spirit to classic Doctor Who in a lot of ways than most of the rest of the series so far. As did Cold Blood last year, or it was trying to be. I I think um, I prefer this because Cold Blood did directly reference a lot of um, specifically Doctor Who tropes. It was bringing back a 70s monster and then it had a lot of things like the drill referencing Inferno, the heat barrier referencing the demons uh, it it sorry <laughs> um, this is obviously uh, also referencing lots of different things drawing on different things but not Doctor Who specifically no. and so it feels uh, it's a bit more um, new for Doctor Who than Cold Blood was yeah. so my reference is this looks like, to me, a reference to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. When the oh. tunes are put in the dip, and you yes. have the boots and all sizzling, that's what it reminds me of. So I was thinking this might be a setup to a reference to the TV movie in the next episode, where he's, because he's asked someone to lend him some shoes, um, um, and he could do the whole, these shoes fit perfectly in line, and then go hair and off. See, where this really triumphs over things like Planet of You is that it makes the oppressors believable and understandable as well. Yeah. yeah. You can quite sympathise with them and you know why they're freaked out by the whole concept of having coming face to face with themselves as separate individuals. This, this this bit here with them coming together reminded me a bit of when the final four well four the final five come together in Battlestar Galactica. Ah, yes, that's a good point. Just Thinking about the pacing of the episode, what would you reckon? Well, obviously, you don't know what happens in the next one, mm. but would you reckon this would have worked as a single parter? Um, I was watching this with my wife, who was very surprised when we got to the cliffhanger because she'd assumed that this was all going to be resolved in 45 minutes. And mm. I, there were a couple of points watching it through originally where I thought, well, if you cut that bit and that bit, we know basically what's going to happen next. You could have told a story based on this thing with these characters in 45 minutes. But as you say, we don't know what they're going to do yeah. next week. I hope yeah. that it's not just a setup for run around. a more intense space under siege run around. We've lost so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've just had the um, Jennifer kissing Rory. Uh, what did you think of that, Alicia? Um, well, um, <laughs> good question. I, I think that it's probably it was probably nice for Rory to have someone who has that kind of devotion. Mm. Um, Amy Amy loves him, but she doesn't often show it. Whereas I think what's attractive about Jennifer is that she's quite needy and dependent. Mm. Well, at least until near the end of the episode, she's quite needy and dependent on Rory. And I think because he hasn't really had that very often, I think that's probably part of the attraction. And another part of it is probably the autumn thing as I was talking about. But he really should It'd have mentioned married. that he was married. Yeah, it, it's like they said on Doctor Who Confidential, um, she makes Rory feel like a man, which Amy rarely uh, lets him feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah, we just had Eye Patch Woman pop up again. Interesting that Amy's reaction to her this week was slightly different. She does actually seem to be becoming afraid of her now. 
but she did seem to be a more malignant presence. She was just watching silently, mm. in fact, almost waiting for Amy to open the door. I really wish they're, they're going to do something more with that. Otherwise, it's going to end up like the crack in last season. Oh, oh let's find the crack. Yeah. Oh, let's wave <laughs> to David Bowie. Mm. It'll be like Bad Wolf again. Yeah, I, I really hope it doesn't do that. It's just well, irritating. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'd hope that it's something that gets paid off in this half of the series mm. rather than just running through all 13 episodes. Yeah, because yeah, you could do the last one of... Yeah, that could work. Were they just standing in the dark waiting for him? Because that would be kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> they look uh, quite like Odo from um, Deep Space Nine. Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a little less plasticky. Mm. Bit more slimy. Mm. See, that's creepy. I'm cracking the neck all the way around. Oh, With the music, it, it did kind of feel kind of uh, rip off Bernard Herman from Hitchcock, just going in the background all the time. <laughs> I quite like it, but I just kept thinking, this is Bernard Herman. It is haunted house music for the most yeah. part, isn't it? I know that she's afraid, and she needs our help. Oh, don't worry, stand up for yourself. Yeah. Good man. But not... Your help. Be, be assertive, Rory. Two years. I work with Jennifer Lucas, not me. Okay. Let's not do anything at all. Here comes the doctor. They all come face to face with their doubles. This is... You brought us together. And before we do anything, because I would never have seen themselves before. They just animated them. Mm, they're always mm. unconscious in the in the frame. Yeah. Well, suspended, not tied. Yeah. That's it, Doctor. Befriend them. Team up with them. Yeah. 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 She has a lot of pictures of cats in her locker. <laughs> yeah. I think they're all pictures of cats, actually. <laughs> Good spot. I've never noticed no, I haven't. I wonder whether Laurel Cats is still going in the 22nd century. <laughs> I think it may well be. <laughs> and I wonder, why a by then, I wonder why a woman who's so ready to tase her own team to death... <laughs> Would be quite so taken with cute fluffy kittens. Well, I, I don't know because in the Harry Potter um, films they give Umbridge Dolores all those uh, cute fluffy kittens and oh, everything. So I, I don't know whether there's some re- weird reverse shorthand developing where <laughs> uh, pictures of kittens is becoming a symbol of slightly psychoness. Well, they do say that most serial killers start with animals. <laughs> Maybe they're trophies. Let's see, he's not wearing his wedding ring. And the, and the, yeah, nice. I just noticed. It is quite well um, handled just technically, all the doubling up and everything. Mm. See, this is what I mean. This is where you get to understand mm. exactly why the original humans are quite so disturbed by mm. having mm. their doppelgangers. This man who as far as he's concerned, is married to this man's wife. Yes, You might stay up north. Oh, well, I'll just go to a Didn't quite get this bit, though. 
And Evan is so awkward. Yeah, he fun. Every planet has a north, except the 11th Doctors, apparently. Oh, he fun. He was northern for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. He in, certainly isn't now. <laughs> inside him, Nine is just raging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was always raging, really, was Nine. Yeah. He's raging extra hard. <laughs> Do you wonder what would happen if Nine met 10 and 11? <laughs> he would be ashamed. <laughs> Three Doctors. Oh, we ten. Oh, he'd just 11. hold them in casual disgust, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he'd treat them like his idiot cousins. Th- to take them out yeah. and beat them if they do <laughs> start pulling their socks up. So, this is, this is uh, one of these moments that is very similar to Cold Blood, the angry human woman uh, sort of about to electrocute yes. the thing. But at least yeah, she's the doctor for not looking after her the, child. The doctor's engineering a piece, and then the angry zealot human comes in and ruins everything. I think it's interesting with her other, uh, with her doppelganger sort of understanding herself, yeah. but her not understanding the doppelganger. It's only by becoming the doppelganger that she sort of understands their situation yeah. and there's a, a symmetry there the doppelgangers can understand the humans oh, better dear. than the humans time for my heel face turn I did like the line earlier where she's, they say, say about um, uh, the threat of Constant threat of death, and yeah. Rory says, "Welcome to my world." <laughs> Do you think this is just a running, running gag, or um, a- accident in scripting, or is there some kind of significance oh. that Rory is supposed to be dead, and I, I the would, universe is out to get him, or something? I would hope that there's some significance because if it's a running gag, it's already worn thin, and they the Moffat and the team need to be aware of this. If it's an accident in scripting. Then again, Moffat and the team need to be aware of this. What's happening in these writers' meetings? I really hope that it doesn't point to anything like Rory is going to die, just personally. <laughs> mm. Considering that the Curse of the Black Spot was filmed to be in the second mm. block of this season, you know, after the summer break, um, it's obviously. I don't. Well, we don't know yet whether or not there are going to be many more Rory deaths in the second half of the yeah of the series, the series six B. It's being called. It, it, it could have been better spaced out originally. Yes, yeah. but he's a he's a cowering wimp when he comes face to face with the pirates in that episode, and he's actually throwing himself around and being quite heroic here. So there's obviously some. I don't hold out much hope for this development of character holding out. Mm. I think that's the problem with having different writers writing different episodes yeah. as well. Some of them have a better grasp of the characters than others, I think. But even so, if you have a showrunner who is presumably... And I assume that Moffat is polishing the scripts in the same mm. way that Russell T. Davis did. I'm not sure he's... Uh, Perhaps not to the same, extent, same but he, extent, but he still has to sign mm. off on every script. Yeah. But and also the script editors as yeah, well. So let's not forget that. And they do have meetings where all the writers get together, presumably. Or at least some of them. So it should be able to map out a character's mm. arc among several people. This coming back in a big way does seem to suggest the Doctor knows something more about 
the future of the flesh yeah. rather yeah. than just these specific ones. See, I thought these scenes were lovely with mm. the flesh yeah. in the suit striding through the darkened ruins. Mm. Very creepy. Mm. I quite like the music here. She, she, she seems to move in quite an odd way. I think yeah. she, she hurt her leg because she was limping in one of the earlier scenes. I don't know, the flesh also appears to be able to stick themselves to the ceiling. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the Rory... I, I, I thought that seemed out of place for the Doctor to yeah, try and talk. Doesn't, doesn't seem at all yeah. concerned mm. with Jennifer's safety, does it? Yeah. No. What use is an acid suit with no sleeves? <laughs> Because considering that the visors have massive great gaps in them, I yeah. question the design of the suit overall. And that's a very flimsy door that they're hiding behind. I know they try and barricade it with other stuff in a minute. So. It's again very well lit here, these long, you get very long straight corridors with patches mm, of shade castle a bleak lighting. Yeah, I, I, I was wrong. It was just the overdone scene that annoyed me with the lighting. The lighting yeah. is good. Still probably not as good as it has been, but he's still very good. So mm. I retract my former statement. Good grief. Can we have that in writing? So then? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast listeners, this is a red letter day. <laughs> Savour it. It may, not happen, it may not happen again. Frankly, a total utter splattering mess on the carpet, but I'm certain, 100% certain. Oh, it's oh. so real of that which was in front of our eyes. Yeah. Ganga Doctor is really freaky looking. He is. It's the lips that do it. Yeah. Mm. It's the veiny lips. Uh. <laughs> he also needs to be slightly more oddball than Matt Smith has been playing it through the rest of the episode. Yeah. But I could just be imagining that. I think Ganga Doctor is going to be interesting because he'll be the Doctor, but, um, you know, the Doctor sort of more or less on his own, really. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see how the Doctor deals with it. Because he won't be a Time Lord, will he? Well, will he? This is the question. How, how stable are the flesh? And... Interesting that the shrinking violence of the human team seems to become the leader yeah. of the, mm. yeah, the radicalised leader of the gangers. That was incredibly abrupt. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. No. Oh, I bet. lady again. Mm. Yeah. Now it does. Um, it does raise the question of. Uh, is this setting up part of the uh, solution to the Doctor's death in episode one? Because uh, you had the whole line, is it a clone and stuff? And so mm. yeah, maybe mm. it's the Doctor. But um, if it's a, if the clone is, if the Doctor was cloned and he knew that the clone was unstable and was going to die, then the clone of the Doctor would be quite willing to go to... Um, his um, death in that sort of Dumbledore type way, he's dying anyway. So um, they need to uh, fake the Doctor's death to fool the silence um, uh, or something like that. So um, would, uh, could, could this tie in with that and would that feel a bit of a cheat? I think it would be a bit of a cheat. Um, frankly, having established quite clearly in the opening 
few minutes of the impossible astronaut that it is most definitely the doctor and it's not a clone it's not a copy of any sort it's it's very much the original 100 percent grade a certified doctor that we've just killed off if you then say ah well it's a gang of duplicates so technically he is the doctor but he's just a genetic genetically identical copy then you think well that's not really what you told us to begin with is it um so i I don't think it's going to be that though so i'm Mm -hmm. but we we shall see who knows where this is going how this is going to tie into the arc i think to introduce something like that this early in the game would be a mistake Writing-wise and story-wise. Swift, any thoughts? Um, It'd be seriously lame (laughs) if it it wasn't him. I'm fed up of them not killing people properly. Well, Uh, they're not going to kill the Doctor properly. Well, no. I mean, this would be even worse (laughs) than, like, not killing them. Like, oh, we're going to have a metaphorical death. Or, or, or what's it now be called? A Rory death. I say, personally, I'm quite glad that they're not killing people off for good at the moment. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have my favourite character around. No, she would be at the body count of Resurrection of the Daleks. <laughs> we ought to do a reverse death count. Uh, <laughs> people who've come back. Yeah. Yes, a resurrection count. Yeah. She's going to turn yeah. into, like, a Marvel universe where no one actually stays dead. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's the one thing that put me off because it was Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, a fantastic series. But even there, when they refer to characters dying, they say yes, that'll never stick. So you, even the characters within the story are expecting, you know, their friends who've been completely wiped out in the most, you know, final and permanent-looking fashion to pop up right as rain by the next week. So uh, it starts to lose its impact after mm. a while. So, overall thoughts on this episode, how, how does it stand as... Um, I think it took a little time getting mm. to where it was going, and we, yeah, we knew what it was going to do, but nevertheless, I think it did it quite well. It's a, certainly a big step up from Fear Her, which was also written by Matthew Graham. Um, you see, yes. I disagree. Fear Her was actually quite good. The ending was terrible really, really terrible. That's why you did want to kill people. Um, but, no, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do remember thinking, mm, this is actually quite interesting and doing quite well. And it has un... See, that on the um, Time Lash thing came my third bottom of all time Doctor Who stories. I was like, that's unfair. Really? I don't think so. I, 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 Worse I, than the Twin Dilemma. I don't think that was no. bottom. Oh, right. I, 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 I think Fear Her has got... Um, has been un unduly criticised it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit weak but it's not dreadful it's just a bit on the average side rumour has it that it was a last minute stopgap and mm. it was given about four weeks to write it and no money <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, right you have to set this here and now no big special effects no spaceships no yeah, monsters particularly um, and yeah you, you've got to get it to us by tomorrow lunchtime Gosh, that doesn't that, that shows that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. um, if that is the case, then more power to him. To be honest, because yeah. I think he did he did a very good job under the circumstances. I I didn't mind this episode at all. I thought it was fairly standard Doctor Who. You yeah. know, mm. scary monsters, um, moral questions painted in quite broad strokes so that children can understand it. Lots of running around and shouting, and yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next because I, I don't always like to judge like parts of a, a, a two-parter without seeing them both. 
because obviously this one is going to do a lot of setting up for mm. what's going to happen next. Yeah, I think having the gang of Doctor running around as well could be a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, potential in that, both for humour and for drama yes. and conflict, so... Uh, be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, I, I did. I did enjoy this. Um, I think uh, it, it's um, yeah, standard Doctor Who, but standard Doctor Who done well. Mm. Um, so I just still found it really annoying. Um, my my first point, as I say, I retracted the the lighting. The lighting is actually quite good. That is good, and especially it's good with the Tower of Cards, um, but. Oh, it, it's just so blatantly obvious from pretty much the first five minutes, and it just spends the rest forty minutes just like putting me on a rack and just, and, and just like turning it until I hit the right level. It, 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 it's, 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 it's kind of what if it's so. I really kind of quite fear uh, the next episode if it's just going to be a complete runaround job because that annoyed me. Even though I did like the family of human nature, family of blood, family of blood was that. If I remember right, that was the second part, wasn't it? Was uh, yeah. Family Blood, yes. Yeah, that felt very much of a, we've set everything up, let's just hit the mousetrap and watch it go down. And, and, yes. and, and actually, the the the, um, the the cage actually does work and catches the mouse at the end of like your normal mousetrap version when it probably gets stuck about a quarter of the way down. <laughs> um, An interesting metaphor. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a well-owned oh, machine okay. in, the, in, in the second one. So, yeah, my, my main thoughts stand... For my own, I haven't changed them in that sense. Although the lighting, I will say, was was good. Although I still think the best lighting was probably in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think I probably dislike this more than the pirate episode. The pirate episode was just boring and bland. This thought it was more than boring and bland, but kind of was. <laughs> so it's it's within being the voice of. Uh, compla- the voice of reason. The, the voice of <laughs> complaint. All reason. Complaint and cynicism. <laughs> yeah. Any other anything else? I think we've covered most things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Olivia. We'll ho- hope to have you uh, back on the podcast again at some point uh, soon. I'd More love, stuff. I'd love to do that. Thank you. Uh, so uh, yes. Uh, that's uh, that's all for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss the almost people. So stay tuned. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.